You know, the scripture clearly speaks that the most important thing we have is our time. You can have a lot of money, but if you don't have time, what good is it? You know, the most important thing we have is time. And you know, the, the psalmist realized that. You know what he said in Psalm ninety twelve? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. He said, you know, you're not going to live forever on this earth. And the days you live on this earth are very, very significant. There's no such thing as an insignificant day. So, Lord, teach us to number our days, to realize how important every day is, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. There's a passage of Scripture I want us to look at this morning. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. And it'll be, all, those three verses will be on the screen as we look at them. But I want you to notice uh, the first verse, verse 15. Now, we're talking about time lived in the will of God. Let me say that again. Time lived in the will of God. All right, so notice he says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Now, the word walk is always used to describe the way you live. (laughs) So he's saying, now listen, you be careful how you live. You be careful how you spend your time. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise. Don't be unwise. You only have so many days. So many days. So be careful how you live, and don't be unwise, but be wise. Now look what he says. Boy, I love this. Making the most of your time. The word there is redeeming the time. Making the most of your time. I want to ask you a question. Are you making the most of your time? I mean, this is the word of God. How do you spend your time? He says, make the most of your time. You know why? Because the days are evil. So he tells us to be careful how we use our time. He tells us to be wise, uh, to make the most of our time, and to be wise in the use of our time. He tells us to to redeem the time, which is to purchase or to buy back. But he tells us his time is short. Look at that verse. Making the most of your time because. Why did he put this in there? The days are evil. It's almost like he said, you know, time is short. And, and we're living in an evil world. And men and women without Christ are in great peril. If they die in their sins, they spend a crisis eternity. And so he said, listen, be careful how you use your time. Be wise how you use the time. Redeem, make the most of your time. And understand that time is running out. And by the way, it goes on in verse 17 and says, remember, so uh, uh, do, do not be foolish, but understand what God's will is. He says, L- listen, understand that time in the will of God is the only thing that matters. Time outside the will of God is wasted. It's wasted. You know, um, you need to be sure you're in the will of God with your time. Now, the Bible uses the word walk. 
walk to describe our life. And as I study the, the, the New Testament, you'll find that he tells us how to walk. What he's saying is how to live our life, how to live, how to spend our time. So now when you see the word walk, it's not talking about what walk. It's talking about that this is the way you need to use your time in the will of God. And so there are four things that I see in the scripture that help you redeem the time. That help you live for eternity with your time. To help you not to waste your time. Or to how to make up for lost time. Here's the first one. Now, if you are going to redeem the time, and if your time is going to count for eternity, and time is the most important thing you have, you need to walk in the light. He tells us, listen, you need to live your life in the light. He said, walk in the light. Ephesians 5, 8. Now, look what it says. For you were formerly darkness. Just... I'm going to keep that verse up there a minute. He said, you once lived in darkness. And you once were darkness. He said, you know, you were part of a dark world. A sinful world. And you were once darkness and walking in darkness. But now look what it says. But now, he's talking to believers. You are light in the Lord. And then he says it. Walk. As children of light. He says walk as children of light. Hey. You're not going to redeem the time. You're going to waste your time. Your time is going to be just like. Of no value. If you don't walk in the light. Now you know. I I really believe. That he was talking about walking in the light. He was talking about when. About salvation. And and I want to show you the verses that. When Jesus. This thing about salvation is this. When Jesus Christ comes to live inside of us, God takes us out of the darkness and he brings us into the light. And that's the light of his kingdom. And we no longer walk in darkness, but we walk in the light. And so I believe when he says walk in the light, it it all begins that the most important thing about your time is that you know you're saved. That you know you're a child of God. You know that you're no longer living in darkness. You know my life has changed. I'm living in the light now. And I know what the darkness is. And I've been there and I'm not going back there. But because I have light in the Lord Jesus. All right, let, let me give you a verse. <clears throat> Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Now look at what it says. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. That's what happens when you get saved. The Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin. The Holy Spirit reveals to you who Jesus Christ is. The Holy Spirit reveals to you that Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, who was born of a virgin, who lived a sinless life, who died on the cross in your place, and that every one of your sins, past, present, and future, were placed on the Son of God. He bore our sins in his body on the tree. And so the, the, the Bible reveals to us that what, what God has done for us, he's rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son. So walking in the light 
is knowing that you are a child of God, that you have repented. That means to turn away. You've repented from your sins and that you're trusting Jesus and Jesus only as your Lord and Savior. I love how it was said over and over again today that when Jesus Christ saves you, your guilt, your shame, your wicked past is washed away with the blood of Christ and you're a new creation and you have a new beginning and everything changes and where you used to grope about in the darkness trying to find meaning in life, no, you're not there anymore. You're walking in the light. The light of Christ is in you and you have purpose and you have meaning in your life. Hey, listen, you want to redeem the time? You want to make your time count? You want your time to be eternal? Then you walk in the light. And you experience the salvation of Jesus Christ. I want you to look at some verses. This is very important. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 through 7. And it's talking about how the light shines in us and we get saved. It says, now if the gospel is hidden, veiled, you can't see it. It is hidden to those who are perishing. You say, Brother Fred, why don't unsaved people understand the gospel? Why don't they understand the glory of the cross? Why don't they understand what Jesus has done for them? What's their problem? The Bible says if it's hidden, the gospel is hidden to those that are perishing. But look on. And it says, in whose, ca- in whose case the God of this world, little g, has blinded the minds of those that believe not. You know why lost people are lost? You know why they don't know their need to be saved? You know why they go on their way like there's no eternity, no heaven or no hell? They're blind. It says, in this case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of, the, of those that believe not that they may, listen to this, may see the light of the, glo- of the glory of the gospel of Christ who's in the image of God. He said, the light of the glory of the good news in Jesus. They're blinded. They can't see it. But it doesn't stop there. And it goes on in verse 5 and says, but let me tell you what the message they need to hear. For we preach not ourselves. This is what lost people need to hear. We preach not ourselves. It's not about our, ch- our kingdom. It's not about our church. It's not about our, what we're doing. It's all about what God has did, done. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ This is the message that will penetrate the darkness. This is the message that brings people from darkness to light. There's no other message that can do this, y'all. I'm telling you, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. That covers it. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. And then I love this verse. Look at it. This is what happens when you get saved. He brought us out of darkness. And he says, now walk For God has said, light shall shine out of darkness. Who said the light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in your heart. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know why you're saved today? You were in darkness. And you you, you didn't really understand the gospel. But at some point, the light of the glory of God, the light of the gospel, the light of who Jesus is and what he did, shone in your heart. 
and you begin to understand who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Now, walking in the light is this. You're living for eternity when you know you're saved and you know you're a child of God and you realize that you're responsible to Jesus as Lord of your life and you follow him every day. It's not your life to live as you please. Once you get saved, you do not belong to yourself. You belong to Jesus. Now, once you're saved and once Christ comes to live in you and once he becomes the center focus of your life. You, you're just walking in the light, y'all. You're walking in the light. And you're d- redeeming the time. And you're living for eternity. But you don't even start redeeming the time. You don't even start living for eternity until the light of the gospel shines in your heart. And Jesus changes your life. Well, here's another thing about how to redeem the time. You know, you know time is short. He said, redeem the time. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. And that was his way of saying, listen, we don't have forever. One day God is going to judge all men. One day the judgment of God is going to come. And there's the judgment of the saved, how they spent their life, not for their sins, but how they lived their life. But then there's the great white throne judgment where men and women will be judged for their sins who died in their sins. He said, you listen, you've got to make your time count. Because time is short. It's short. You don't have forever. Those people that you know who don't know Jesus, you don't have forever. He said, time is short. He said, you've got to walk in the light. But he says another thing. I want you to listen to this. He says, now these are interesting words. He not only said, walk in the light, redeem the time. But he said, walk worthy. That has always challenged me. And I want you to look at a verse in Colossians 1, 9 through 11. Do you want to redeem the time? You want to be sure you're not wasting your life? You want to be sure your time, your life is counting for eternity? You want to know that? Then you've got to walk in the light every day and follow Jesus who is the light of the world. But you've got to walk worthy. Listen to what it says. Paul knew that those people in Colossians had got saved, so this is what he said. For this reason also... Since the day we heard it, have not ceased to pray for you. We heard you, you, got, you, got, you walking in the light. We heard that the light of the gospel is shown in your heart. Well, understand that you're now a follower of Jesus. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we've not ceased to pray for you. Said so we're praying for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Paul said, we want you to know the will of God. How to spend your time and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then he goes on to say in verse 10, a very, so that you will walk in a manner, wait a minute, worthy of the Lord. He said, I want you to walk worthy of the Lord. What does that mean? How do you walk worthy of the Lord? It goes on and says, so that you walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Here is what it means. If you're saved, you live your life in such a way that it will be worthy of the name of Jesus. That's exactly what he's saying. You live your life in such a way that when you say, I'm a Christian, it'll be backed up by the life you live. When you say that I know Jesus, it will be worthy of the name of Jesus. You know what's tragic? The word Christian means nothing today. 
Everybody below Richmond's a Christian. Do you know what I mean? I'm telling you. The Bible Belt. Did you know the word Christian is only used two times in the New Testament? They were called people of the way. They were called followers of Jesus. They were called disciples of Jesus. They were called the children of God. But let me just say this. If you're saved, your life needs to manifest a life that is worthy of Jesus Christ. In other words, your life gives him honor. Your life gives him glory. The people in your office say, you know, she's a a follower of Jesus or he's a follower of Jesus. But but then they watch you and, and they notice that it affects everything you do. How that you're honest and how that you're loving and how that you're kind and how you're forgiving and how you won't participate in the darkness that they participate in. And, 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 and they say, well, you know, hey, you know what you're doing when you walk worthy of the Lord? You're living a life that gives him honor. You're living a life that's worthy of the name of Jesus. He said, walk worthy of the Lord. I read this illustration one time, and I've never forgotten this. Alexander the Great, you know, was trying to conquer the world. And he heard there was a young soldier in his army named Alexander, but that he was a coward. That when time came to go to battle, he would shrink back and just, he he would just get sick and just wouldn't go to battle. Alexander said, would you show me that young man? Would you lead me to him? And they led him to this young man. And Alexander said to him, sir, I understand that when battle time comes, you're a coward. You, you won't go into battle. You don't, you don't act and live like a soldier. He said, yes, sir. He said, young man, let me tell you something. You change your conduct or you change your name. Don't, don't you call yourself Alexander. Alexander the Great is not a coward. He said to him, you change your conduct or you change your name. I think sometimes God says to us, look, walk worthy of the Lord. When you say you're a follower of Jesus, let your life reflect the fact that Jesus is not just a historical figure that lived 2,000 years ago. Let your life reflect the fact that Jesus Christ is alive in you right now and that you are truly changed by him. Oh, listen, we're to walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. But there's a third thing. The Bible says we're to walk in the light. Redeem the time. Let me ask you something. What are you doing with your time? What did you do with your time last week? I mean, what did you do with it? You you know, you can't relive last week. You can't go back and do it. So how do you use your time? Are you living for eternity? Are you living in the will of God? Are you walking in the light? Are you walking worthy of the Lord? Is your life giving honor to Jesus and they know he's alive because they see him in your life? You know the third thing it says? If we're going to make the most of our time, time is short. Redeem the time for the days are evil. Is it we got to walk in the spirit? Walk in the light. Walk worthy of the Lord. But walk in the spirit. You know, here's the beautiful thing. Jesus told the disciples, he'd been with them for three years. They'd touched him. You know, 1 John 1 says that, that what we have seen and we have heard and our hands have handled of the word of life. They said we not only saw Jesus, 
we not only heard Jesus, he said, we handled him. By the way, he washed my feet. Can you imagine that? He said, the Son of God washed my feet. And I can remember times they thought when Jesus put his arm around me and said, Sir, son, don't, don't, we, we, we just keep walking. I, I know they're, I know they're persecuting me. I, I can't go up during the day because they're trying to kill me, but you just stay with me because I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to die. And on the third day, I'm going to rise again. But you know, they said, we saw him, we heard him, we touched him. But you know, Jesus went to him one time and said, you know, I'm fixing to go away. They said, what? He said, I'm fixing to go back to my father. And said, it'll be better for you. It'll be better for you if I leave and go back to my father. They said, no way, no way. He said, no, you don't understand. As long as I'm here in an earthly body, I can only be at one place at one time. But I'm going to go back to the Father, sit at his right hand, and I'm going to send to my spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send my spirit, and guess what he's going to do? He's going to come and live inside of you. And then you'll never be anywhere I am not. And you'll never be without my presence. He said, I'm going to send the comforter. And when he comes, he's going to take all that is mine and declare it to you. He's going to teach everything to you. So listen, when it says walk in the spirit, you need to understand that Jesus has come to live in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. I I love uh, Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But Christ lives in heaven. That's not what it says. Christ is at the right hand of the Father. That's not what it says. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But say it with me. Christ lives in me. You mean I can't go anywhere he he doesn't go? I'm never without him. My body has become his temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Boy, I love this. It talks about the body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16, I believe it is. Yes, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know? Now get this. Hey, you know why I said do you not know? A lot of people don't know. Who, you know, don't know. A lot of religious people don't know. Well, I'm going to go to church and worship God. He's way up there and I'm way down here. And I'm just going to remember how he lived on earth. But one, one, you know, that's good. But no, wait a minute. He said, hold on. Don't, uh-uh, hold on. Do you not know? That you are the temple of God. Wait a minute, Lord. I am, my body is the temple of God? How could I ever be worthy of that? He said, you're not worthy. He said, I washed you with the blood of my son. I forgave all your sins. Now I have robed you with the righteousness of Jesus. You have the imputed righteousness of the son of God. I don't see you in your righteousness. I see you in the righteousness of the son of God. You have the righteousness of Christ. And he said, now your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Man, walk in the Spirit. You know when you're living for eternity? You know when you're redeeming the time? You know when you're making most of the time? It's when you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I love Romans 8, 9, and 10. 
where it talks about this. It says that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. And it's an awesome, awesome verse. And it says, um, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, it says, however, you're not in the flesh, you're in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Okay, you're not in the flesh, you're in the Spirit, the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have, wait a minute, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. You know how you're redeeming the time? You know how you're making the most of time? You know how you're living time in the will of God? You know how? When you're walking in the Spirit. When you're walking in the Spirit. When the Spirit of God is in control of your life. 1 Corinthians six nineteen says, you're not your own. It says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And once again, he says it. See, they, they, they didn't understand it. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God and you're not your own, you're bought with a price. You know, here's the d- deal. you got to walk in the Spirit. And I, I love Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Now look at what it says. Don't miss this. It's right there. Let this get on your mind. And in your, if we live by the Spirit, if we have life because the Spirit of God is in us, then let's walk by the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let's walk by the Spirit. And then he goes back in verse 16 and says, but you've got to understand there's a battle. But but I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out or fulfill the desires of your flesh. For the flesh fights against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and you're contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you will. You know, Every day I have a battle in my life. It's a battle, and it it really involves my time. There's the battle between the flesh and the Spirit. So if I feed the Spirit, if I yield to the Holy Spirit, if I allow Him to be in control of my life, there'll be the fruit of the Spirit. But if I don't, then it means I'm going to be in the flesh, and I'm wasting my time. I'm not living for eternity. It's not going to count. Because that which is of the flesh is, is dead. And so he says, now walk in the Spirit. Because now you've got a battle between the flesh and the Spirit. And you need to walk in the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the desires of your flesh. Listen. The truth is this. For you to walk in the Spirit, you have to die to yourself. That's the hardest thing in the world to do. I want to do my own thing. It's my life. I want to live it the way I want to live it. No, 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 no. If you're a child of God, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. No. And then so therefore, if I'm going to walk in the Spirit, I have to die to my flesh. I have to die to to self. The Holy Spirit's already brought the power of the cross against my flesh. The power of the flesh has been broken, but it'll still rise up and take control. So if I'm going to walk in the Spirit, I have to die to myself. I have to crucify the flesh with its affections and lust and have to allow the Spirit to take control of my life. You have to die to yourself. And you have to yield to the Lordship of Christ. Now you say, well, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to make my decisions. I'm going to do with my time what I want to do. You can, but you're wasting your life. 
But if you say, no, I'm going to die to myself, and I'm going to allow Jesus to be the Lord of my life, I'm going to throne him on the th- my heart's throne, and I'm going to do what he says. Man, when you die to yourself and Jesus is Lord, then you ask the Holy Spirit who is in you to take control of your life, and you start walking in the Spirit. Well, Brother Fred, how can I know if I'm living and walking in the Spirit? I'm glad you asked. I want to show you. Listen to this. You want to know? This is pretty convicting, y'all. Galatians 5.22. You know how you're walking in the Spirit? But the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of struggling, not the fruit of striving, not the fruit of doing the best I can. Stay with me now. This is so important. This is the fruit of dying to yourself and letting Jesus be Lord and letting the Holy Spirit take control of your life. And when that happens, the fruit of the Spirit, not your fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And it's joy. And it's peace. And it's patience. And it's kindness. And it's goodness. And it's long-suffering. And it's faithfulness. My heavens. You know what the fruit of the Spirit is? It's the life of Jesus. It's the life of Jesus. So when I die to myself and ask Jesus to take full control of my life as Lord, I bow my knee and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Then the Holy Spirit can take control, and he's going to fill me with his fruit, which is love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and kindness. That's the life of Jesus. You know when you're living for eternity? When you're walking in the Spirit. That's eternal living, my friend. Here's the last thing. Walk in, walk in the light. That's when you're saved. Walk worthy of the Lord. Be sure that your conduct, your lifestyle, honors the one you say that you know. If you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, be sure your conduct matches your, your confession. And then walk in the Spirit. But this is very important. And you might be surprised that it's here. You know what he says? Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. I want you to look at Colossians 4, 5, and 6. This is very important, y'all. Conduct conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, people that aren't saved, making the most of the opportunity. Now, the New King James, I don't know what translation that is. That ain't the right one. It says, walk in wisdom toward those outsiders that are outside redeeming the time. He said, when you deal with unsaved people, you need to redeem the time. You need to make most of your time. Walk worthy or conduct yourselves toward those who are outside. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, toward lost people. Listen, you know our problem? We all know we all have lost people in our life. We all have lost people around us. And we look at their conduct and say, man, that's bad. That's wicked. That's ungodly. That's darkness. That's awful. True. But listen, you know what they're doing? They're living like lost people. We want lost people to live like saved people before they get saved. They can't do it. Don't get bent out of shape when people around you 
And, and don't you hang around them unless you have to. But don't be bent out of shape when people around you are taking God's name in vain and saying things, all uh, wicked things, and talking about ungodly things, and wickedness is just running out of them like a river. Okay, that bothers me, and I don't, I'm not going to hang around that. I don't want to hang around that. But let me just tell you one thing. We're in a wicked world, right? The only way to get away from lost people is get in your closet and close the door. And that's not the will of God. God wants us to live our life in the marketplace. Jesus didn't hide in a cave. He got out there in the middle of sinners and loved them. And the disciples did, did too. I mean, they just lived, they, they lived on the streets. They lived in the world. And they saw the world as their mission field. Now, let me tell you something. He says here, walk, worth, walk in wisdom toward lost people. Understand that they're lost. Understand that they're dead. Understand that they're blind. Understand that they have a sinful nature. And that sinful nature's in control. But then you say to them, let them see the light of Christ in you. Then you tell them the good news. But you know, God loves you. Me? Oh yeah, God loves you. In fact, he loves you so much that his son Jesus died for all of your sins. Oh, God don't know how bad I am. Oh yeah, he knows. He died. He loves you so much he died for your sins. And you know that if you'll repent, if you'll confess to God, with a broken and godly sorrow that you've sinned against God. If you'll come to God with a godly sorrow, I have sinned against God. And you'll, you'll throw yourself on the mercy of God. And you will trust Jesus Christ and Jesus only as your Lord and Savior. You know God will forgive all your sins. Remove your guilt. Remove your shame. Give you a new heart and a new spirit. Take you out of the darkness and bring you into the light. Now see... It takes time to get close enough to people to give them the good news. I mean, judging them, condemning them, putting them down. I mean, we, we hate, their, hate the sin. But listen, uh, Zacchaeus was not a saint, y'all, when Jesus went to his house. He was head of the Jericho Mafia. That's what he was. Oh, he was the chief tax collector, and he handled all the money that they stole from the people. Sounds like the Mafia to me. Or maybe the government. But anyway. <laughs> Listen. God's called you to love sinners. He's called you to reach out to sinners. He's called you to share the good news with sinners. And leave the rest to God. We, breathe, we give the good news. Now we do. There comes a time when you've gotten in, 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 uh, to a place with a person. And this ain't the first thing you do. You've got to get to the time when you've gotten to the place where the person, you can say, you know, what bothers me is this. Jesus said that if you don't believe in him and you don't trust in him, that you're going to die in your sin. And that's not God's will. Jesus came so that you would not die in your sins. Jesus came so that you would not go to hell. Jesus came so that you could be forgiven and have eternal life. Folks, listen. we got to walk in wisdom toward lost people. And the main thing they need to see from us is that we really love them right where they are. And we know that only Jesus can save them. So it's not our job to try to transform them. To clean. Well, clean up your behavior and then you can become a Christian. They can't clean up their behavior. Forget it. Only God can change their heart. Walk in wisdom toward those that are on the outside.
Let me ask you this. Boy, I'm getting too early today. I can't believe this. <coughs> I want to ask you something. Are you redeeming the time? Are you making the most of your time? Are you living your time in light of eternity? The days are evil. The time is short. It is short. Walk in the light. Be sure you're saved. That you're not in darkness, but you're in light. Walk worthy. When you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, let your conduct match the one you're following. And you can. And then you walk in the Spirit. That's the Christian life. It's not struggling. It's not striving. It's not doing the best you can. It's walking in the Spirit. And I'll tell you, God doesn't have any superstars. God, the ground's level at the foot of the cross. And the same Holy Spirit that lived in Billy Graham, the same Holy Spirit that lived in all the godly men, preachers, and all, the same Holy Spirit that lives in them lives in you. And He has the same power. And He'll give you the power to live a holy life. It's not you trying. It's the Holy Spirit being in control. Walk in the Spirit. And do this. Be wise about unsaved people around you. Ask the Spirit of God to show you how to love them and how to talk to them and how to minister to them, how to bring them to where they'll listen to you. Hey, be careful how you live. Make most of your time, for the days are evil. I pray to God that you'll not waste any time that you'll redeem the time.